Hey everybody, before we start, I just wanted to mention that you will probably notice a few little audio issues with this episode and the next one. Still working some things out, we're new here, and uh, had a little bit of an issue where the audio levels are a little inconsistent. I tried to even things out a little bit and it's not too, too bad, but just want to let you know before we get into it. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods to see if it still holds up. That's right. And tonight we are breaking down season one, episode four, titled The Gauntlet. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. How was your week, Annie? You moved. Oh, yes. Uh, I moved into a new apartment. Um, I made a bigger move uh, two months ago out to the Bay Area for a new job. And this was like moving from the summer sublet into the you know, more permanent uh, right. apartments. And so it feels good to have my stuff back. My stuff has been in storage for the last two and a half months. And so I get to use like my potato masher, and, <laughs> like the things you don't think you're going to miss yeah. um, when you're using everyone else's stuff. You were in like someone else's space using their stuff. Exactly. I was yeah. in sort of a friend of a friend was traveling and so uh, staying in her house and using all of her stuff and getting irrationally mad at how it's not <laughs> the same as my stuff. Um, right. So marching down yeah. to a storage space in the middle of the night to get your cheese grater. I mean, that may have happened twice. Uh, <laughs> I may have gone to the unit. I have to know. I have to know what you got out of it. Well, first of all, I have to say that my wonderful partner uh, left all of his important documents in the storage unit that he okay. needed. And then while we were there, I stupidly uh, packed my clothing for this sort of two month period. I was like, let me pack for like a week. So all of my clothes were in storage and, uh, and yeah, I did go into the unit to get those back. <laughs> um, what about you, Nathan? How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was, uh, we have, uh, we have two dogs, uh, they are expensive. They are proving to be expensive dogs. We had yet another um, uh, vet appointment. One of our dogs had surgery a few months ago, and that was a checkup for her. And the other dog started growing this weird-ass toenail in between her paw pads. And luckily, we have this, like, absolute, like, miracle worker vet guy who's, like, like, we took her to one vet, and they were like, you're going to have to, like, put her under and take this out surgically and he and this guy was like i think i can put a local anesthetic in there and laser it off and he was like genuinely excited about so it. you have a vet that macgyver's thing yeah exactly yeah i think i hope he wasn't using like a macgyvered laser in the office but it was like kind of a miracle like we dropped her off and like within 20 minutes he came back out and she did not have a bandage on her foot she was not bleeding she was not limping limping she just like was fine uh, so that was a giant relief, but it's just between this is the one who had heartworm and the other one had multiple surgeries, but they're wonderful dogs. They're great. All right. So we have a special guest tonight who happens to be sitting directly next to me, uh, and she's going to help us break down tonight's episode. Uh, it's uh, the co-owner of the Vermont Comedy Club, a comedian and my personal wife, Natalie Miller. 
<laughs> what a Natalie. joy. What a joy to be with you both this evening. What a jo- Thank you for being so formal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, is, this we- is a serious podcast. Please act accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just where we've gotten to. We've spent so long together that we've just we're just coming and going out of rooms. Top of the evening to you and to you. Good morning, sir. <laughs> and to you. Uh I mean, it feels a little awkward for me to ask how you're doing, but maybe Annie wants to know how you're doing these days. Yeah, I want to know how you're doing. (laughs) Well, Nathan stole my story, first of all. I was going to talk about the dog toenail. (laughs) Earlier today, today, Nathan was like, well, what, you know, what, what, what did I even do this week? And I said, well, there was the dog toenail. And he said, ugh. You've, I know you've been telling a lot of people about that, but I think it's disgusting and I'm not going to. Yeah, please fight over who gets to talk about the dog right. toenail. Right? I know. I, uh, the, I didn't do a ton this week. Um, I recorded my podcast, Settlers, this oh, morning. plug, shameless plug. With Lori Goldman. Um, mm. But I, the, the most exciting thing that I did was um, last night... A friend of mine who has a, a an ice cream shop posted that she needed models and would give free ice cream to people if they came down. And when I say models, that is in so many air quotes, because um, <laughs> as you know, I'm not a model. Um, but I went down and I ate free ice cream in front of a camera. So that was very exciting. And then I saw a few other humans in real life that are not Nathan. Um, we went, I got a burrito and I went to a park and sat in a giant circle with a few other humans. That sounds great. It's funny because before all of this went down, I clung to my introvert status and like, I have a very social job, but I was always like, Ugh, I need so much alone time. Like I can't, you know, and now that I'm ha- I basically have all alone time all the time. I'm realizing, oh, actually, I do need people. Yeah. And I think COVID makes things so confusing because there is such a spectrum of activities that people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. participating in. And like, you don't necessarily have the same comfort level as, you know, someone else. So navigating like how to hang out has, you know, been challenging for me, for sure. Definitely. Even in the same home. Wouldn't you say, Nathan? Oh, you mean, yeah, <laughs> between the two of us, we might have different levels of what we're comfortable with. Yes, for yeah. sure. I mean, not like not they're not other, very different. We're both very safe, but. Well, I love when you see a couple walking down the street hand in hand and one of them has a mask on, but one <laughs> of them doesn't. You're like, how is this working? Yep. Natalie, what is your history with MacGyver, if, if anything? Have you I ever seen it I do before? not recall ever watching it in my youth. You know, I grew up in a place with two channels, three channels, CBS, ABC, and PBS. You're just too young because this was on CBS, but it was way before your time. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, this episode I know made both of you quite angry and I can't wait to get into it. So let's jump into our discussion. Can we get a summary, Annie, of this episode? Yes, just real quick. So we do have an opening gambit uh, in which uh, something that I loved, by the way, MacGyver retrieves (laughs) a top secret map and then uses it in 
several ways to evade his pursuers, eventually making his escape from the desert using a concealed hot air balloon. I can't emphasize enough this thing comes out of nowhere. Uh, (laughs) But that is all before the opening credits. And then the main episode, we have a reporter, photojournalist. Kate is working in Central America somewhere. We don't quite know where. uh, Has evidence linking a general with an illegal arms dealer. MacGyver is called in. His He is tasked with just getting her out of the country. That's what he has to do. Uh, the two reach the Mexican border, but the general and their arms dealer have the river heavily guarded, so they need to get across the river. MacGyver, to do this, rigs a series <laughs> of exploding oil drums to distract the guards, and he and Kate roll themselves into the water <laughs> to freedom uh, during one of the most stressful scenes uh, so far for me. Uh, and that's the episode. Uh, great, great. We're going to do this a little differently this time. We're going to share our opinions about what worked in this episode, what did not work in our opinion, and how it held up. Uh, so let's bounce to our guest here, Natalie. What the, Is there anything specific about either the opening gambit or the episode itself that you felt like? I know you, I know you didn't like a lot of it, but oh, what, where what do did I you begin? Find, what did you feel like worked about the episode? What do I feel like worked about the episode? Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> he, uh, MacGyver's hair okay. and also Kate's hair stay mm-hmm. very nice the entire time, despite, you know, running around doing action things. That worked. <laughs> doing action things. Hair design. Okay, hair. There's a lot of mousse and hairspray that worked for you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, oh someone who is tougher than I am on the episodes. Yeah. That is... I could throw out some things and you could respond whether you agree or disagree. How's that? Great. Uh, all right. I have a, I have a theory about the, the opening gambit was ridiculous. And I hated almost everything he did. But I felt like it was greater than the sum of its parts. <laughs> like... I agree with that. It was like, this was kind of fun, but I hated every specific thing, except for maybe the crowbar in the map thing. I think that thing worked pretty well. Oh, yeah. That got me. That did get her. Yeah. That that got me as well. I was like, wait, what? Because and if you go back, he does. He is holding that crowbar really early on in in the scene. So it, it does make an appearance and you just it's very subtle, which. It, that's what worked for me. But every other thing he does, the pea shooter thing is ridiculous. The fact that he grabs the map off the wall, you you It was so organized. The the, well, the he, board he didn't take any of the strings. The cork board, he just ripped it. Uh, it was like cartoonishly displayed too. Yes. It's like yes. this top secret document that they have just like center just of the wall yeah. framed. Yeah. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But I think just when you put it all together, and I mean obviously the the map thing like some writer really was getting off on this whole thing like how many different ways can we use a map that's what i liked about it because yeah. i was like oh you guys are committed to yeah. this yeah. this is like the map is going to be used in every single uh you know trick that he does yeah. and so yeah. i i hated it but then after the fact i was right. like and i mean he I, uh, this is probably fits more in the I uh, didn't work category, but like the fact that the desert is like steps away from the village. That's, I said um, the exact same yeah. thing during watch. <laughs> I was suddenly. like, how are we in the desert already? Yeah. Yeah. And then when he uses the map as a sled, I yeah. loved that. I thought that was the coolest <laughs> part of the entire episode. It's so dumb. It's so unbelievably dumb. Uh, so that, that all kind of worked for me. Um, 
I liked the meet cute kind of like uh, say what you will about the rest of the relationship. I liked the I'm harmless line and okay, so you're MacGyver and you're harmless. Like, uh, and I like the fact that we we get someone offers him a gun and he refuses it. Like, there are a few things that happen in that sort of initial scene that I think were nice. Uh, and we find out he's from Minnesota, so we right, get a little, little backstory. Yeah. In fact, that like later on when he's in the bus and he, he starts talking about like where he came from, and what his philosophy is. I liked I appreciated that that was short and that he got interrupted. I think that's the way to play it as opposed to later on. We can talk about I'm sure we will talk about the campfire scene, which was not as successful. Uh, <laughs> um, what else, Andy? You have other things. You have things on your list that I have other things, too, but. Oh, things that I liked. The moment he got into the air balloon, I knew he was going to patch a hole with that map. So I was waiting for that to happen. And I finally, I got that. And in the process of that, I got to see him like climb up the side, like ropes, like gym class rope style. Um, When there were little pegs on that, that he could have just walked up. (laughs) He just decided... (laughs) <laughs> to you know showcase yeah. his upper body strength uh, which i sort of appreciated so yeah. i liked the the commitment there and <laughs> and i thought that some of um some of the tricks were pretty cool like at, at some point in the in that end scene the culmination where they're uh trying to get across this river at some point i realized they were in the barrel that was just <laughs> rolling down yeah. the hill with all of the other barrels was it when you heard voiceover of of the two of them no it was it was pretty that and i was like all right like you yeah. know for all the ways that you could uh get out of that situation this this one is not uh as dumb as it could have been <laughs> As dumb. Uh, tell Annie what you said when uh, when the hot air balloon got shot. I don't. Hissing. I just don't think that a tiny little hole like that would have made a diff- would make a difference to a hot air balloon at all. <laughs> Especially, it was like oh, right you mean because the-, the bottom is completely open of a hot air balloon? Yeah, correct. <laughs> like, like you don't need to patch the hole. Like, Why do you need to patch works? the hole? Also, the hole was so small. <laughs> he used duct tape. To tape the map to the hole, he could have just put the duct tape over it. Because once you, he also, he taped the four corners of the map. He didn't tape it all the way around, which means there was air going in between. Like nothing, it didn't help anything. Uh, And you're telling me that a hot air balloon was just sitting in the middle of the desert. And because it, as soon as he went over that hill that hot air balloon started going up. And so the balloon must have been full the whole time because it takes a lot. It takes a while. It takes a while to fill a hot air balloon. You're right about that. Here's here's my issue with the whole hot air balloon escape plan. So like (laughs) surely plan A was for him to just grab the map and go like get on a plane or something, right? Like plan A wasn't the hot air balloon like escaping while people are shooting at you. So like- why how how is the hot air balloon waiting there when like yeah. there are just minutes when this uh decision is being made? <laughs> i mean there you know there's a wrangler there's gotta be it can't just sit there false by itself unattended yeah where's that guy uh i have a few other things like i think you're right i think a lot of some of the gags really worked for me like in terms of there's a whole the whole series i mean as badly acted and stupid as it is the whole like using the camera clip to clip the fence uh and then using like plastic explosive and then that cool move where he slips through the gate at the end that whole like that whole series was kind of fun and then by uh, uh similarly the whole like 
church bell thing, although it was ridiculous, and then tying up the Jeep and making the periscope on their way out of the encampment kind of thing. That whole like thing felt very like, oh, this is an action show now. Like it finally has like yeah. action show elements. And if you're to gonna it. create a diversion, like fireworks going off in a church bell seems <laughs> yeah, like pretty a good. pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I've talked about this before, but I really like that you can see how low budget this whole thing is and how silly it is. Like at the end when he says they've got the border locked up tight and we only ever really see about 20 soldiers. You can just tell like, we don't have the money. We don't have the time. <laughs> like I kind of find that shit endearing. The you basic know? to move this plot forward yeah, that we can. Yeah, That's yeah. I got that feeling. Yeah, totally. Anything else we can say positively about it before we move on to the stuff you hate it? Because I know there's a big list there. There is a big list. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just fun. Like it was fun. I'll say that. Yeah, it's this was uh, a very I thought this was a fun episode and it felt like sort of MacGyver getting in the groove a little bit. I think yeah. we said that last episode, but it really felt like the show was kind of finding the voice and right. really um, sort of defining the character a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Natalie. What didn't work about this episode for you? Okay, so many things, but <laughs> we'll start with the beginning part. What are you calling it? Uh, the, op the opening gambit? Okay, the opening gambit. Um, it's just like if you went to like a 1980s version of what they think Agrabah looks like. Like they never <laughs> say what it is. It's like walking into an Aladdin. It's so racist and like... So yeah, it's like so, an, like an Aladdin ride at Disney World or something, right? It's like we're gonna yeah. go to many corners of the world. They're all gonna look suspiciously like Southern California, <laughs> right, and we're right, going right. to <laughs> visit the the entire globe. Well, and you could tell you could tell there was a woman who was wearing a a burqa, but under like you could tell she was white. You could tell she was white. It's She's not the like they did wife. diverse casting on this. They just. <laughs> They just put a bunch of people in brown face or not even. I don't know whether they just didn't care or whether they're whether the resources weren't there to research this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like like there was no Internet. There was no. And the, the globalization has really mm -hmm. taken off in the last 20 years, 30, 40 years in a way that, it you know, in 1985, it may have. I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just trying to understand it. Like it does mm -hmm. seem like every episode their idea of what this like exotic locale is is so is so underinformed. It's based on like the malicious. 1864 World's Fair. Like right. it's not based right. on anything. Like like the yeah. guy, I mean in the in the opening, I mean there was like a guy yelling at a camel. That was I was like Arabic, no. Yeah. Yeah. What what are you I, doing? Uh, again, and then MacGyver's trick to get out when they were almost going to catch him in the room. The trick was like he went behind a column, waited till they went into a room. <laughs> they didn't close the door and he just ran out the other direction and they didn't hear or see him. Yeah. That was it. This is why I loved this show as a kid, because that's the kind of thing you would do when your sister went to the bathroom. You would like, you know, run past mm. like that. You could play MacGyver because that's the kind of stupid shit he did. <laughs> it mm -hmm. felt real. Yeah. Uh, or he also sort of tries to white guy his way out of every uh, situation. <laughs> oh, like, talk about that. oh, yeah. Bribing, bribing four people with uh, $20. So what, what I wrote was, so this whole thing makes fucking no sense at all which is like 
the he tells the story about his dad taking him into another town and selling apples there and uh, and he had a weird feeling about the town and the, a man was lynched there and then here's twenty dollars soldiers split this between the three of you i was like is this about lynching or like racism or or like sexual harassment and rape or is it about like government corruption like i don't understand why yeah it it just this was another example of something we've seen in other episodes where it's sort of this white savior thing that refuses to go away yeah a white savior savior and then also as you get into the rest of the episode, just the most sexist, <laughs> gross, chauvinist. There were like, probably. Gross well, I want to say because I, I watched this episode with you, and I want to say that there were like there were like three or four moments of that where you were just like, "Oh, come the fuck." There were on. more than that, but there were you three or four vocalize. where I said it out <laughs> yeah, loud, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was only one the the one moment where there were like, "We're gonna show that ladies can do just as much as men," and she was like, "I can get into the window of this bus myself." <laughs> she she didn't need a boost, and yeah. you know you got to yeah. respect her for that. I will say. Uh, I don't know if you had an issue with this scene where she takes a taste of lizard and then immediately is super horny because yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> also, like, not not spiced. That's nothing. What I wrote. I wrote, like, there were no flavorings. <laughs> There's no seasoning on this thing. I mean, my thing is, like, I've worked in journalism for over a decade at this point, <laughs> and there are so many portrayals of every female journalist in every rom-com, a- action show, sitcom, sleeping with someone she's working with. Um, right, right. I, I can say that's never happened to me. It's never <laughs> happened to most women that I know who work in journalism, and right. yet this is like the constant portrayal in the media. So why is that? I mean, do they just like, is it just that um, they're looking for a love interest for their hero and oftentimes in the dangerous place there, the the only reason there'd be a woman there is if she's some kind of journalist like those, that's a role that they can see a woman in. It's a role they can see a woman in. And also I think that there's this underlying sexism that like the only way a woman could get that story is if she um, sort of uses sexuality um, to to sort of do her job, uh, which is obviously super offensive. But in this case, I think it's just sort of silly because I think we're supposed to feel that they're kind of like kindred spirits because they're Mm -hmm. both like running around this dangerous uh, city, which actually doesn't seem that dangerous unless you're MacGyver. And it's, well, it's it's in a country that's, not been named at all we don't know what country this is it's either well i'll tell you because they're they were next to you pulled up a map it was the mexican border right right so there are only two options belize and guatemala okay that's it i was like okay we're just unnaming there were all there's another episode earlier in the season where they just referred to a region as central asia yeah somewhere in central asia (laughs) uh so funny well so we we talked about a couple of things obviously uh it is like it's just it is sexist writing for sure, and you're gonna have a lot to say about this because this was the moment when you lost your mind the most in the oh, episode. I know what it is already. But it is the the I, I want to talk just about the writing structure of it, and then you can talk about the emotional part of it. Like I 
he so he makes a joke about you could lose a few pounds when they're about, when he's about to throw her at throw her like a sack of potatoes at the soldiers, and so he makes a fat joke, and then he uh and then he punches a few guys out. She whacks a guy with a camera, and then he goes, "All right, Connolly." Now he's like super informal, like one of the guys calling her by her last name. Then she starts crying because of her camera. Then he gets sweet for another second, and then he hugs her and gives her a noogie like a child like the whole thing is all over the map in terms of like how are we treating this woman are we treating her like like are we infantilizing her or is she how are they relating to each other even like is this romantic or is this like (laughs) professional or is this like kid sister it was all in the course of like 30 seconds i'm like just pick a pick a fucking lane dude he's nagging her like the whole time (laughs) i mean even like even like when she's like i just got to get that this shot and he pulls her back like that he knows better than her yeah even though she's been in that country for a while and has been getting the entire story just fine by herself without (laughs) him but yeah the oh my gosh you could stand to lose a few pounds have you seen (laughs) leading ladies from the 80s they're even smaller than leading ladies oh i thought that was a documentary or something oh you were saying that that was like a uh yeah no they're just twigs they're tiny. She's tiny, tiny. Her hair was wider than her hips. <laughs> and it didn't sound, it didn't have the inflection of a joke. And even if it was a joke, yeah. not funny. Yeah, MacGyver's not the funniest guy anyway. And he certainly cannot pull off that level of subversive humor if that's what that's supposed to yeah. be. I I just want to go back to that moment just for one more second. <laughs> I have more to say about that. That also the camera thing. So like clearly they did some foreshadowing. Like I hope nothing happens to my lucky, lucky camera, camera or whatever <laughs> bullshit that was. But then she took it and made the choice to use it as a weapon to smack a guy across the face. But then she looked at it and was like, oh no, my camera's broken. It's like she was using it as a weapon. Of course <laughs> it's going to break. She knew it was going to happen. The fact that like, but it was, it was, there was such a disconnect it, it was the same reaction if, like, she had dropped her camera and a truck ran over it. Like, oh, no, my camera's broken. It's like, no, bitch, you just hit him across the face with it. Yeah, she's it so- written as kind of a dum-dum. And that whole bus scene, I felt, too, she yeah. was all over the map. Her acting is awful. I mean... <laughs> awful well it's, it's so, so bad hard in these in these episodes because when you have and i think this is uh thankfully going to start going away but this when you have this like woman of the week kind of character you know you never have enough time to develop anything and the, obviously it's like all male writers you know it is like writing these parts uh and they're so thin so you it's hard to like blame the performers for what is essentially like a two-dimensional shit part but on the other hand this one she we were realizing well, i said that, i said to nathan she is unhappy as a person in this situation <laughs> being in not as an actress it was just so obvious to me that <laughs> she, she had checked the, out and like was uh, totally angry as a human being there was a thing across her face i was like yeah but we realized that she has like uh she had she made an acting choice that was essentially like whenever she didn't know what to do she'd just sigh at macgyver <sighs> And there's a lot of those, oh, kind of. There is a lot. And so we've kind of touched on this, but in terms of like how this episode holds up, uh, what do you think? I would say (laughs) it does not. I wrote from a sexism standpoint, not well. From an action standpoint, not bad. 
Yeah, I think that it actually unfortunately does hold up because uh, that whole narrative of uh, female journalists being... Oh, you're still seeing it now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying I'm still seeing this within the past decade. I always think of like, does it hold up as like, does it feel uncomfortable or not to a modern audience to watch? But if you're saying like, not enough has changed since then, that means it still holds up. I think with this um, issue in particular, like I'm still seeing that like, you know, within the past decade, at least. Action wise, though, like obviously this is low budget, but I think some of those bits I could see today. Yeah, totally. I mean, my only real question is how our barrels still coming down the hill after they've come down the hill in the barrel. (laughs) Why are there more barrels and who's setting them off? I want to know how in the shot where the barrel hits the water and then like two seconds later, they pop out of the barrel and start swimming. They just rolled down a giant hill. They don't seem dizzy at all. They're just like, here we go. I want to know if the person who wrote this has ever been to a border because that's not (laughs) what it's like. Um, They usually have some questions. If you're rolling down, people are (laughs) shooting at you. They're not hugging you and welcoming you at the foot of the river. Like that's also, they didn't do anything to like help them. They were just standing there like, But they were like best friends immediately with MacGyver, which actually, because I think it's becoming a pattern uh, that we've been noticing, Annie, that with each episode, it feels like MacGyver gets like uncomfortably familiar with the person he's working with, like too fast. Like whether it's a child or a woman or a guy, it's always like he, once he meets them, he's like, like automatically, like just a little too friendly and informal with them. I am feeling that particularly uh, women and, and the child's thing. We talked to a parent last episode who was very (laughs) creeped out by that. Oh, there's also the bad guy in this episode when he had his sunglasses on the the double bad guys. We got like a a buddy movie again of two bad guys Mm -hmm. explaining everything to you the whole way through. What, what did you think about them? Oh, well when, when the guy who dressed all in white had his sunglasses on, he looked like Fred Willard. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't get over that. I thought he looked like uh, James Spader. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) James Spader would have been a great choice for that. I asked, I asked Nathan, I was like, does this guy come back? Because, they set it all up as like oh MacGyver got him kicked out of the United States and now he's here again and, grudge, yeah. and it's like obvious that he's gonna get away and so it's like oh, okay if this is gonna keep coming back it's gonna be this guy he's gonna be like the the uh Professor Claw of you know from Inspector Gadget <laughs> the Moriarty. He's gonna be the person that comes back and back and he's like no you never see this guy again <laughs> but we've learned so far MacGyver has a lot of history with people yeah. <laughs> that's never fully explained and people immediately are ready to build a grudge against yeah. him yeah. but that's never picked up on also uh you may see that actor again two seasons from now in a different role. (laughs) Um, He does have a nemesis that we have yet to meet, which I cannot wait for us to get to. Uh, I think I think we hit everything and we have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with our guest, Natalie Miller, play MacGyverisms and find out where this episode falls on our DTNP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. 
Hey, it's Justin from Venetian Ginger Ale here. Hey, if you love to laugh, then you're going to get a kick out of reading the ingredients on corporate soda cans. If you want something better for yourself, we use all real ingredients. It's water, cane sugar, unfiltered Peruvian ginger juice, lime juice, and we brew it with cinnamon sticks right here in Vermont. Simple ingredients, people. It's easy. Visit VenetianGingerAle.com to learn more about our local history and where you can get spicy ginger ale. That's VenetianGingerAle.com. back uh we're gonna talk a little bit with uh, our guest here and then we're gonna play a few games um uh natalie i grew up in the 80s you grew up in the 90s uh what were some of your other favorite like tv shows movies oh what were you man into? i was big into cartoons so like but mm. but like teenage mutant ninja turtles battle toads and double dragons what um <laughs> uh I've never heard biker of mice from mars oh, okay uh anything that was like animals fighting <laughs> fighting for justice animals that were like buff and they had like jean vests that were cut off at the like cut animals yeah really <laughs> exactly exactly um and i loved video games so we're talking donkey kong we're talking super mario brothers we're talking we had a battle toads and double dragons game on that you know donkey kong and diddy kong Diddy Kong? Yeah, Diddy Kong is the little one. I feel like you're speaking another language right now. I have no idea what's going on. But I do wonder, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to see what you're going to say. Are you handy at all? Are you like a MacGyver in your your own life? No. Uh, I mean, in, in, a, in one way, like I grew up as a poor kid. So, like, we would not throw things away when they broke. Mm. We would put duct tape on it and keep using it. You know, you have a baseball glove and it starts to wear down. You put duct tape on it and you keep going until the next season. So this is a good segue into our next segment. We, want, we like to find out how our MacGyver-like our guests and our listeners are. So let's do MacGyverisms. Do you, can you think of a time when you MacGyvered something? It's most it's mostly duct tape. Yeah, it's mostly duct tape stuff like, you know, yeah. in the Northeast Kingdom. I don't know if anyone has brought this up, but the saying if you can't duck it, fuck it. <laughs> no, is. no one has ever brought that up to me. <laughs> okay, well, that's a Northeast Kingdom thing. Uh, yeah. The Northeast corner of Vermont is what I'm talking about. And that was a saying if you can't duck it, fuck it, buddy. <laughs> so uh, I fixed a lot of things with duct tape, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, cars uh oftentimes i feel like like oh for parts sure of cars would start hanging off and you'd be like all right if i could get a piece of duct tape from Absolutely. this side to that side it'll hold that up yeah a muffler or a, a, yeah. a like the bumper the front bumper a headlight annie do you have a, a listener macgyverism for this week yeah i selected this one because it's sort of pertinent to this episode but okay. this comes from nicholas who says a door was locked on the other side with a key inside i was 12 or 13 and i remembered of an episode where macgyver put something under the door and pushed the key to take back the other key uh so he says he did the same thing and it worked and he opened the door wow 
I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's funny you say that because there is an entire thread of comments underneath this when this person put that up. Uh, somebody tried to well actually them and say like how hard it is to actually do that unless the key is at the exact right. If it, if it, unless it's not turned, unless it's like straight up and down, it's very impossible to do that. And the person came back and said it was an old door. It was loose. It was like, you know, there was all this back and forth. So I believe this person. I believe this person did this, but it's probably not as easy as MacGyver made it sound. Don't know why they would be motivated to lie. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> awesome. enough. Uh, all right. Well, if you have a MacGyverism to share, uh, why don't you email us at themacgyverpod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at themacgyverpod. That concludes MacGyverisms. Uh, we're going to move on. Let's do it. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are going to rate this episode. Yes. Uh, each one of us will score the gauntlet from one through 10 on four different characteristics to determine the best episode ever. It's time for It's Classified. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to start. Uh, guest goes first. Um, the first category here, Natalie, on a scale of one to 10 is uh, how exciting was this episode? Seven. Seven. You said that with a lot of confidence. Yep. Great. Okay. Then we'll take your word for it. Annie? I say eight. Eight. I'm going to go with eight as well. There was a pretty good excitement factor as these episodes go. Acting and writing, Natalie. One. <laughs> you really are giving it no love in that category. Um, okay. Anything to elaborate on or is that all? Uh, horrible acting, uh-huh. horrible writing. <laughs> One. <laughs> I stand by. Great. Great. Uh I, I say three. It's not the room. I mean, like, there are worse things out there. It's not the room. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen the room. Me either. Is it really badly but maybe acted and written? If I would t- were to see the room, I would give it a two. Mm, maybe. I guess I'll give it a three as well. Um, you know what? I'll give it a four because I'm feeling charitable. Uh, uh, sheer innovation. This is the innovation of, of MacGyver's inventions in this episode. Um. I'm going to go ahead. I, I mean, again, I haven't really seen a lot of episodes, but I'm going to go ahead and say four because a lot of the stuff he was doing was actually just like explosive stuff. Like, yes. like he took actual explosive gunky stuff and lit it on fire. He used he used matches like there wasn't really anything. The periscope thing, periscope I guess. Cool, oh, where yeah. he he asked uh, if she had a compact because she has a <laughs> vagina. Um, but I'm going to say, what did I say? Four? I'm going with it. Sticking with it. Four. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. As Annie pointed out last week, the uh, the he's against guns, but he's not against bombs. <laughs> yeah, he's okay blowing things up, uh, but shooting people is wrong. Uh, I say five for this. Five for this. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good one for innovation. I Like I said, I liked a lot of them. I'm always like a point or two above you. I'm going to say six. Um, uh, how about the uh, in our final category, the 80s cool factor? Oh, it was very 80s. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like The outfits you, and the hair. Like I said, I did like those. If you turned this on in the 80s and saw it, how cool would it be? Yeah. I think it probably would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, but there wasn't like, well, there was the music is 80s cool too. Mm-hmm. That's in every episode. The music is getting less orchestral and more synthy. Yeah, it, it was very 80s. I want to go ahead and say seven. Seven, cool. Wow. I'd say eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. The 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 Just the sweaty tank top shit, shit and the, uh, the sun-kissed sort of nature of it and the sunglasses and all that. 
very eighties cool. Uh, also, the the uh, the romantic scene we didn't talk too much about at the campfire that was just terribly written and terribly acted was so of the time. Like mm. that, you throw me off balance, MacGyver thing is so like that's how eighties like love interests fell in love with the male lead was just by being like, you've just rocked my world. Like in the last eight hours, <laughs> it was very eighties to me. Um, all right. So uh, he, we have three bonus categories and if any of these things are true, it'll get five more points. So does he help out an old friend in this episode? No. no in fact, he meets an old enemy, but uh, nothing there. Uh, does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? Not in this one. Is he detained against his will? Yes. Briefly. Oh, yeah. He's briefly detained at the mansion of the bad guy. Oh, I guess Very he is. Very briefly. Yeah, when he blows the C4 up. All right. It's time to find out the res- results. Uh, out of a total of 135 possible points, this episode receives uh, 74 points. This actually makes it so far in our in our rankings the worst episode yet. <laughs> the pilot beat it by just one point. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this thing shakes out as we move forward. I'm glad um, that I could contribute to I think it was loss. your one. I think it was your one that dropped it. <laughs> it's true because it's not as good as the Thief of Budapest. The Thief of Budapest beat it by 10 points. So uh, I think we're, we're, we're off and running now. Natalie... Um, what do you want to plug? You briefly plugged your podcast. What are you up to these days? Tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, I am recording a podcast called Settlers with my friend Lori Goldman on Unicow Media. Um, and what it is, is we have given up hope on society and we found some secret land and we've settled it and we're building a new society. So we're interviewing prospective residents. That's what I'd like people to check out. Settlers. Settlers pod. Beautiful. Any other par- parting thoughts, Annie? <laughs> I I have nothing to say except, uh, yeah, just keep watching MacGyver and hopefully it gets better. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks uh, to you, Annie, and to our guest, Natalie, for joining us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that jazz. And if you want to watch old episodes of MacGyver along with us, they're available on CBS All Access, or you can just buy them for a buck an episode on Amazon. Uh, Next time, we'll be breaking down Season 1, Episode 5, The Heist. Take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, Friends are the adventures of life. (laughs) Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye. Yeah!